unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You're at your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, boys and girls? Whether you're watching us live or watching us on the replay here on the video cast, or if you're listening to the audio podcast, thank you so much for you beautiful people being here with us every single week. We are celebrating show number 201. We're on show 200, 200 number 200 number one uh, here of the Ron Unscripted Show. You guys follow me on the Unfiltered Experience. We're on 114. So when you think about the last three years, I've done over 300 broadcasts just doing these two podcasts alone. Plus, I was on Rainbows in Real Life. Plus, I've been on some other part-time shows. Plus, I've been doing Clubhouse. Plus, I do my blog. Plus, I do all the social media constantly delivering you value. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you're at, we're going to take action on the value that I provide. Yes or no? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Chris, shake your head. Yes, Chris, we're going to do that. What's up? We got believing yourself in the house, which is Robert Broker. He says, howdy, howdy. Made it for the beginning while engaging in two other crypto related streams. Yo. Well, thank you, Robert, for being here. Crypto. No, 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 no crypto for me, dude. No crypto for me. No. Oh, I'm crypto. I'm crypto. I'm cryptoed out. No, no crypto. <laughs> anyway, so thank you guys all for joining us, whether you're live or on the replay. As always, this is a conversation with you guys. So feel free at any point to ask us a question, myself or my guest, ask us a question, engage with us. We'll put your comments up here and let people know that you're in the world, that you're participating here in the Ron and Scripted Show. If you're listening, obviously, on the audio podcast and you have questions, feel free. As always, you can email me, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com, or you can email info at NoExcusesCoach.com. You can send me the questions and I will make sure they get to the person who was the guest on the show. And I'll make sure you get an answer because that's what is happening here, ladies and gentlemen. I show up every single week out of the goodness of my heart to serve because I wish I had somebody like myself in my life back when I was starting out and doing things and and, and, and really getting true with my mindset and getting real with my authentic courage and stepping out and being genuinely who I am unapologetically myself. And I want that all for you because I believe in this world, when we stop pretending to be who we're not to try to get validation and trust in business. It's amazing what it is that we can attract in our life. Uh, I'm living example. I was a seventh grade homeless dropout who lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and two dogs. Sometimes it's four dogs. It depends. We left the house with four dogs. We wound up with two dogs. But in any case, you could tell there was a lot of animals in the car. And even after two suicide attempts, uh, thank, thankfully I sucked at those. I'm still here in front of you guys today as a master's degree earner, uh, owning my own business and obviously had a successful stint in corporate. So it is all about the journey. It's all about having the right mindset as we go through that journey, learning as we grow and realizing that life is happening for us and not to us. So we appreciate you guys always for being here. And as you know, this show, and you may not know if you're a new listener or a new watcher, this show is brought to you by the beautiful people at helphealhumanity.org. My beautiful sister from another Mr. Serena Buffalino is the founder and CEO of this incredible organization, helphealhumanity.org. So when you get value out of this episode, and I know you will get value out of this episode, do me a solid. There's no advertising here. There's no sales. There's no nothing. I bring it to you every single week without fail, brand new episodes every single week. Do what you can do to go over to that website and donate what it is that you can, because I'm actually now on the board of directors. I've been on the board of directors for this organization now for two years. I, I came on board when Serena invited me. She was actually a guest here on the show. She's been a guest on the Friday night show. And she said, Christopher, we'd love for you to join our USA board when they created it. 
and I've been a part of the organization ever since. And I can tell you this, I've donated money and time and volunteered at organizations since my early 20s. It was my way of giving back. And ultimately, I've always was concerned about where my donation dollar was going. Was it really going to the effort for which I was wanting it to go to, or was it going to somebody's pocketbook and uh, getting them their 13th house? And I can assure you with healthhealhumanity.org, nobody's getting any of that money except for the initiatives that we're raising. Serena doesn't take a paycheck. Nobody on the board takes a paycheck. All of the money goes exactly to what we're raising funds for. We've built a school in the hardest hit area of Haiti. We continue to send kids to school in Haiti. We not only send kids to school in Haiti, but we also feed them three times a week. And quite honestly, when all the chaos and the gang violence was uh, at its highest recently, if you guys have been watching the news, we couldn't send the kids to school because it was too dangerous. But what we did is we sent the kids home with food. So we were able to feed the families of some of these kids who are going to school. This is our way of you know, trying to keep faith and hope alive in, in a country that has actually just been absolutely decimated. And so sometimes I get people asking me like, Chris, why are you doing so much stuff for people in Haiti when there's so much stuff going on here in the United States? And to that, I say there's so much opportunity here for us to collectively find resources or to get off our own ass and to create a life for ourselves. But the people in Haiti, they're just absolutely just devastated. So what we want to do is we want to break and we are breaking the generational curse of what's going on there so that our kids and their kids can actually have an education, have an opportunity to get into some vocational training and create a life and create a career for themselves where they could give back and create their, their make their make their country stronger. And that's our whole intensive goal. So actually, as a board, we're actually talking about uh, creating our and building a vocational school there uh, so that people can learn life skills. So whether you want to donate to the, the the cause, whether it's 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, if you want to sponsor a child, whatever you do, send me a screenshot of that so I can personally thank you. And for any donation over $200, I will personally gift you an hour of my coaching time, which is well uh, under the $200, which is well over the $200 price range. Uh, I will gift you an hour of my time. You can gift it to somebody else. And that's just my way of saying thank you for doing what you do. So any donation over $200 US uh, will get you a one hour coaching session with me. You get a tax deductible uh, donation, plus you get to help an organization that actually the money is going to where it is that we are uh, fighting for. So whether it's a homeless situation in Canada or here in the United States, food insecurities, whatever it might be we're raising money for, just know in your heart that it's all going there. And that's why I let this uh, organization uh, support my podcast because it's such a phenomenal place. So go check it out, helphealhumanity.org. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, appreciate you guys for honoring me on that. We got Jacqueline Rose in the house. She says, hey, how's it going, Christopher? It's going awesome, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. We got my kick-ass sister, Catherine Young, in the house. She says, hi, Christopher. What's going on, Catherine? Thank you for being here. Uh, Catherine and I helped uh, last year quit smoking uh, virtually. And Catherine, let us know how many months it is that you have quit smoking and let us know the money you've saved as a result of quitting smoking. So thank you for being here. appreciate you. Catherine's a recipient. She has uh, purchased her No Excuses band. So we got, uh, we got our Believe on one side. We can do this. We got believe on one side, and then we got no excuses on the other side. She's rocking that. And then on the other hand, we have uh, it says unstoppable. Let's see, whoops, make sure I'm doing the right one. So this one says no excuses, and then this one on the other side says unstoppable. So Catherine has her wristband, so I know she's rocking those out. And here she comes back. She says she has quit smoking now for eight months and she has saved tons of money. I'm so proud of you, Catherine. She came to me and she had some questions and I helped her virtually just out of the goodness of my heart uh, for her to make a change in her life. And then I've just asked her to empower herself to make a change in other people's lives. So she is doing that. So that's how we can make this world a better place. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called paying it forward. So take your gift, whatever it is that you could do, your zone of genius, 
go out there and do that and make the world a better place for everybody else who is in this world. So together we can make it better for our kids and our kids' kids. And we know that our legacy at the end of the day, when we pass away and we transition to the next life, we know that we fought for what was right and what was fair. And we made the world a better place for our kick-ass asses showing up. So thank you for that. Appreciate you guys. And with that, we're going to jump right into the conversation tonight. So I encourage you, as always, again, whether you're live or on the replay, whether you're on the video cast or the podcast, take some notes. Studies show, studies show, you will actually implement shit you write down. So it's one thing to walk away from the conversation and be all inspired, like, oh man, that was such a great thing. And I really love what that guy said. And then what happens? Life gets in the way. And then we go back to our same old, same old. And then we forget what it is that we're going to implement. So I encourage you guys to take notes. And as you well know, after you take notes, you take smaller notes. And what you do with these, you stick them on your monitor. So you can sit there and say, hey, listen, I was watching a podcast the other day and I took some notes. And because I really am a person who implements what it is that I learn, I'm going to put those sticky notes on my monitor and I'm going to make sure that I implement them every single day. So that it becomes a part of my routine and my habit. It becomes a part of my nature to be successful and to learn as I grow. So thank you guys for being here. Yes, yes, yes. And Jacqueline says here, let us all rock humanity. Of course, of course. So I've had the pleasure of meeting so many beautiful people recently. You've seen them uh, as many guests on here on the unfiltered, on the Vonic scripted show and also the unfiltered experience. And tonight is no difference. Tonight, we're going to be talking to a gentleman named Scott Condill, and he's going to be talking about all things, what it is that we can captivate ourselves and captivate our audiences and our mindset and our growth. Welcome to the Ron Unscripted Show. Scott, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Chris, thank you so much, mate. What a pleasure to be here, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you. And you were you're calling in from Africa. So thank you for being uh, clear across the world. And it's five o'clock in the morning there and it's seven o'clock at night. So we're nearly 24 hours separate from each other. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And one of the things I really want to just jump into with you and your personality, you are a connector. And you know, we've been connected by Sally Anderson. We also know Mario. We know a lot of uh, same people in the networks of, of who it is that's actually kicking ass and taking names. What got you started in that? Have you always been that type of a connector person throughout your life, Scott? Or is this something that you stumbled upon as you were growing in your own career and in your own success? Yeah, Chris, I've always been a natural connector. I've always had that kind of outgoing personality. But I want people to listening to this not to not to think that's that's the only way to be a connector. Is you have to be naturally born into it. Um, it's one of the things like playing a guitar. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you, you you can be naturally good at playing guitar, but to get really 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 good at it, you've got to practice and do it. So um, yes, I was always naturally good at connecting with people, but in no way should anybody listening to this go, well, you have to be natural. You can be an introvert and still be a connector. And that's one of the key messages I want to get across today, because at the end of the day, for me, building my business was about connecting with people. Um, that was the key thing. So, it's, so, so business is about relationships. It's about building the right relationships with people. And if you can do that, um, you know, let me let me ask you this, Chris. How many how many guitar how many strings has your guitar got? Uh, both of those have six each. Six each, but there I have a twelve string over six there. Six strings. That's all. Six strings. And look at the music that you can play with six strings. Now, just imagine the music you can play with six of the right people in your life. You don't have to be an extrovert to to get those six strings humming, man. You've just got to be able to go out and find those six strings. But at the same time, if one of those strings is a bit out of out of tune, uh, it can cause more friction and ruin everything. So there's a lot of analogies we can take from this. But it's a long answer to your question, Chris. But the answer is yes. I, I've just always loved bringing amazing people together, including the people that you met as well. You know, people like Sally Anderson, you know, we already chatted about Karen, Lisa, people you've had on your, on your show. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So talk to me about, you know, what were your early experiences with relationships? Were your parents good examples of relationships? When you look back on your life, who were some of the key people in your, in your life that taught you about the importance of having really strong, uh, authentic relationships? 
Yeah, uh, my parents played a, a huge role. And it's funny you should actually ask me that question. And thank you for that, because I'm actually, uh, I've haven't seen my mother in many, many years. And I'm just here in Cape Town in, in South Africa. And I've just caught up with her for the first time in many years. So I'm actually, she's here with me now, which is great. So yeah, so um, very inspirational. Uh, um, of course, my parents, um, my brother, whose house I'm staying in right now, uh, he was 10 years older than me. And he uh, he's always been a huge in inspiration. Um, you know, always out there connecting with people and just, just being a really great guy. Um, you know, I think the greatest compliment, uh, well, for many years, I was, I was, I didn't really have a name. I was known as Liam's brother, you know, <laughs> you know I, you're Liam's brother. I don't know if you've, you've experienced that, that, that Chris, but you know, you're kind of, it's like you're so-and-so's son or, you know, you're so-and-so's yeah. cousin. You, it takes yeah. you a while to develop your own name because the person that's so influential in your life is, is they're the ones who carry their name and you become associated with that person, you know? And, yeah. oh, and that's yeah. great. We have to accept that. It's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. So yeah, brother's very in, in, inspirational to me. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So when you were a kid, I guess you were probably an extrovert of sorts. I was, I've always been an extrovert. Um, I used to be out doing things like charades. So I came from a film orientated uh, um, family. So my father was a really well-known uh, script writer for making movies and TV in Africa, but also through, throughout Australia. Uh, my brother was an actor and then became a director. Uh, and as directed so i mean i came from that that film industry we were hanging out with actors and film people so we'd always be playing charades we would always be out there you know we'd i would always be doing something with a personality but once again crystal i really want to reiterate you know um i grew up in a, in, a, in a family that was very extroverted um but you don't have to be a, you know extra extroverted to be a great connector so yes yeah. i love that i love it robert says here he goes i love to connect with others it does rule my life it is what gives me um, it is what gives me the fuel and will to live. I love that. He also talks about as far as being introverted, he goes, oh yeah, I am introverted. I am introverted, extrovert when it comes to connecting. Yeah, hundred percent. So many people think that I'm an extrovert. They're like, Chris, you're such an amazing extrovert. I'm like, actually, I'm a really good uh, part-time extrovert who is a really good introvert. You know, I'm one of those people that, love that. Can go, okay, I can go camping for 10 yeah. days and not talk to anybody. And I have some friends of mine that even can't go to the gym by themselves. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But uh, I think we, you know, I think it ultimately we just learn to harness who we genuinely are. And I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned in my life is not to pretend to be somebody that I'm not in order to get somebody's validation and acceptance. Talk to us about that. Have you ever had any situation in your life where you caught yourself being somebody who you weren't in order to get people to like and validate you? Yeah, uh, it still happens quite a lot. I mean, you, you, you probably noticed it when you, you're a guest on a podcast. I mean, you or, or just like we are now, um, it's very difficult. You know, you've got your microphone, you're speaking to someone. It's almost like, okay, I need to, you know, get across a particular persona. And what I loved about you, Chris, and congratulations for your 201 podcast, by the way. That's an epic, epic achievement. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I love the way that you, you immediately were like, like straight and authentic with a crypto guy. So you asked me for an example. I mean, an example for me might have been like if the guy with the crypto said, you popped on with that message earlier and said, oh, I'm so-and-so and I'm interested in crypto. Da -da. And you said, crypto is not for me. No, 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 I don't like crypto. You were so open and immediately about that. You were so straightforward where I probably would have been a bit less authentic and I would have gone, oh, that's really great, you know, and just immediately gone for that kind of default. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Um, so immediately, Chris, you've already, you've already, you know, taught me something and, and brought me back in, into my authentic self. So yeah, thank you for that. So there's, there's a typical example um, right there. I think you have to, as a human being, you have to constantly reevaluate yourself and look at yourself and say, you know, am I actually being true to myself? Um, so often we compliment each other, each other just for the sake of complimenting them. You know, do you really, really mean that compliment? Um, right. You so, so much in everyday life, but if you're going to be a great connector, um, then 
to be perfectly honest, the, the good people are going to see through your lack of authenticity. Um, they will very, very quickly. And you, you need to just be authentic. And you can be the most introverted, shy person, and you can still be loved by so many people. You've just got to be that be that shy person. If you're shy, be shy. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. own yeah. that shit. That's what I tell people. I mean, for the longest time when I first got into professional speaking, I did it to be like everybody else. I thought everybody in the personal development space, you know, you wore a suit and tie, you did your little hand thing like this, and nobody swore. And you were just like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about mindset. And da, da, da. And I found myself pretty early on in my career as a professional speaker being disgusted with myself because I'm not like those other people. I'm not a suit and tie guy. I'm a rocker. I'm a biker. I'm a smart ass. I love to tell bad jokes. I love to swear. I love to have a good time. But at the end of the day, I have a heart of gold that wants to see people you know, realize their true potential. And I wanted it always to do it my way. But everybody I talked to about being truly authentic to who I am said it was a bad idea. Like, Chris, nobody's going to be able to take a professional speaker who swears. Nobody's going to you know, take a professional speaker who doesn't wear a suit and tie seriously. It was all these things. And so I was wrapped up in my mind of who I had to be in order to, to, to get the sale or to get the validation or to get whatever it is that I wanted to get across. And then ultimately in 2013, I came off uh, the stage of a multi-speaker event and I just found myself disgusted. We were all wearing the suit and ties. And I started finding out that a lot of people in the personal development space only do it for the money and they actually don't do it to help people. And so I started getting really disgusted with the fact I'm associated with these people, yet I'm doing it because I can help people. Oh yeah, plus I can get paid for it. Wow, that was, what a bonus. Um, talk to us about that. Talk to us about how we should, you know, inspire people to really rock who they were, who they are at their true authentic core, because there's so many other people out there that will connect and, and resonate with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is okay. Well, let me, I'm going to give you an example, right? Um, so it was it was a quite a long time ago. It's almost 20 years ago now, and um, email was still quite new. And I followed a bunch. I was I was in Australia, um, and uh, and I was in um, I, I spent high school, university in Australia, and then I just come back to South Africa for a little while. And I just started a business. I was 21 years old and I was just kind of didn't really know what to do. And I was following a whole bunch of you know people in the US talking about email marketing and this kind of marketing and digital marketing was before even before even Facebook. And um, I, 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 I had this little email list and somehow somebody in America got onto my email list. And in that in that email, um, I wrote my first like kind of captivating one liner. I just didn't even without even realizing it we're going to go into the captivating one line in detail but it was one line and whatever it was I was doing I just wrote and I used the words um, referral is the highest form of flattery in other words if somebody refers you and introduces you it's the highest form of flattery that you can get as a business owner it, re it really is and what, en what ended, up, ended up happening was uh, that person on the other end of the email liked that one line so much they flew me to Miami to present in front of a thousand people at the marketing Sherpa's email marketing conference. And I actually flirted. Wow. So you talk about being authentic. You, you can, as long as you just authentic, I didn't even try. I didn't even try to sell. I just wrote that line and they loved it so much. It was so unique and it stood out so much that one line landed me that speaking gig at, gig at age, you know, in, in my, in my early twenties, how crazy was that? So you just always remember that one line can change your life. Like you just, as long as you're authentic, somebody will pick up something like I picked up the crypto, the, your response to the crypto thing earlier. People, that's what happens, Chris. People respond to things that you don't, you don't realize that they're responding to, and so that true. can only come from authenticity. If it's too scripted, right, and it's too fake, then it just becomes you lose that. That a lot of that essence will be lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you're talking about, Scott, is that connection factor. Like, what makes this? What makes it? What makes this person somebody that I want to know more about? What's this person? What is this person and I have in, in in alignment? And so many times, people are looking for what there's different. 
I found that so many people are gravitating towards me because I'm just being real and honest. Like, Chris, you're so this and you're so this. And they list off all these all these compliments and accomplishments. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I just write back to them. I'm like, I'm just me being me. And that's what I want for you. I want everybody just to be naturally who they are. And at the end of the day, if people are can stop pretending to be who they're not in order to get that sales and, and that validation and that significance and that, and that quote unquote success, if we can get people doing it for the right reasons in the right ways, the the, the peace and the harmony in this planet will, will will dramatically improve and increase. And I know for me that once I once I shed all that stuff and I was I wasn't worried about the the success. I wasn't seeing things as a means to an end. I was I was just seeing things as a, as an opportunity as an experience. You know, yes, sure. I left a lot of business on this on the table. I left a lot of money on the table. I mean, I even got the opportunity. Uh, are you familiar with Les Brown? No. Great motivational speaker. Okay, so there's a great motivational speaker here in the states. I mean, he's worldwide, but his name's Les Brown. And so when I was homeless, somebody gave me these cassette tapes, and these cassette tapes were from a guy named Tony Robbins. And I was like, yeah. "What band is this?" And they said, "No, no, no. This is personal yeah. development." I said, "I have no idea what this is." I was 16 years old. I was I was a seventh grade homeless dropout. I was living in a in a in a trashy motel. And this guy kind of saw something in me and he says, well, you need to listen to these tapes. Well, Tony Robbins, obviously we know who he is. And so another one of those gentlemen that I actually went to the library to check out tapes at 16 years old because I became addicted to this thing called personal development was this gentleman, Les Brown. Oops, my associate producer, my cat just knocked something over. Um, it's okay, because we're raw and scripted. Um, so I got this opportunity to meet the great Les Brown in Los Angeles. I got a chance to opportunity to attend his speaking workshop for three days. And in that in that process, there was probably about 25 other speakers, and I was the only guy who looked like me. Everybody else was there in a suit and tie. Everybody else was kiss, kissing, you know, Les Brown's ass, and I was just being normal. I just knew the guy was a normal dude like the rest of us. And ultimately, on the third day, um, he pulled me out into the lobby of the Sheridan Gateway Hotel, and he says, "Christopher, he goes, you're an amazing speaker. You're captivating. Your story's spot on. You, you're all. I mean, compliment after compliment. This guy standing in front of me, who I used to admire and admire on the cassette tapes and everything else, is standing in front of me." saying he could put me on stages, but he couldn't do this. And he was looking at me as the way I look now, pretty much. And I was like, he's like, Chris, you know, just put the suit and tie back on and we can put you on stages. And I sat there and I looked at him and I remember this vividly, Scott, I knew I had to stay true to who I was. I'd already making that made that leap to say, okay, I'm listening. I'm not going to be a suit and tie speaker anymore. I'm just going to be Chris. And at that point, the Ron and script, it really hadn't come out yet. I was the no excuses coach, definitely. And left all that money on the table. And afterwards I thought, was that the stupid mistake? But then in talking to so many other people during my journey ever since, um, it was never a mistake because from that point forward, I've connected with so many people authentically and I've changed so many people's lives and I've had so many amazing experiences just being Chris that I would never you know, suggest to anybody else to be anything different. Talk to us about some of your heroes. Did you ever, have you ever met any of your heroes? And if you did, what was that initial impression like compared to what your expectation was? Sure, that's that's a good question. Um, I'll I'll answer the hero question in, in a second because um, you've got me thinking Bruce Springsteen. I mean, you talk about cassette tapes and things like that. I mean, Bruce Springsteen was always a hero, and going to one of his concerts uh, was uh, was just was just legendary for me. But you talk about that that being different, right? Uh, you're the only one not wearing a suit. So I got into very much into martial arts, um, uh, into uh, traditional Shaolin Kung Fu when my son was quite young, and my son and I used to do it together. And we actually ended up winning um, our, uh, in South Africa, you call it your colors. You get your country colors. You get to wear your colors. In other words, you get to represent your country. So we right. actually represented right. represented South Africa in the world championships um, in China. But the point that I want to make is that um, what happens is you get a, you get your blazer, um, which has obviously got your, your colors in it, right? Now, um, my son went to a, a private school. Uh, in in South Africa, and he was at his graduation for I think it was somewhere around 
you know, I don't know, like grade eight or something along those lines or something, something. No, it wasn't. It was grade seven. I remember because he just graduated from primary school then. Right. And the whole hall is filled with parents and filled with kids. And all the kids are sitting in the front and it's hundreds of them, a couple, maybe a couple of hundred of them. And they're all wearing the same color blazers. Right. They're all wearing exactly the same color. Right. Now, um, what we told was we, we said we said to them, um, listen, he's now won his protea colors, which is the South African colors. It's the green and gold. He could wear it. So he went, he got called up on stage in front of everybody, everybody to go and get his blazer. So he could put his, put his blazer on him. And now he's got his green and gold blazer. And he went and he sat down. Now, every, all the parents, everybody sitting on the top like this, because like an amphitheater and all the kids are sitting on their chairs at the bottom. And every kid is wearing the same thing except one. And that was Cameron wearing his blazer. So he completely stood out across everything. That was a proud moment for me because that's, it's just, it's, it's that ability to stand out. So I wanted to just resonate with that, with that story, um, Chris, that you mentioned that, that, that ability to stand out and ability to, you know, to do different, to be different. Um, and, and being different can be, can be very, very subtle, but going back to the hero thing. Um, yeah, for me, it was, was, uh, when Bruce Springsteen came to, it came to South Africa and for, I never got to meet him in personally. But man, I, I love that guy. I, I used to listen to his stuff all the time. I don't know if you ever you're a Springsteen fan there, Chris. Oh yeah, um, but I was. Yeah, yeah. His older stuff. His older stuff. I mean, just talking about the the yeah. the blue the blue collar situations in life, and you know, and having that mindset of you know being unstoppable and, and going through the dirt yeah. and the grime and everything else, and to be able to rise up and be genuinely who you are. I mean, I've always been yeah. fascinated with it's, that it's, stuff. Oh, exactly. And he, but he's still doing it. Look how he's reinventing himself today. I mean, in his sixties. And he's reinventing himself, continuously reinventing himself. It's incredible. I mean, that that's that, yeah, it's just it's just beautiful to watch. It is, it is. We got uh we got Michael Baker in the house. He says role models. We were talking about role models a little bit. Role models matter as we all set the example for others. 100 percent Michael, thank you for being here. Appreciate you for that. Michael also says it is the roles we play and the part we're playing. 100 percent which for me, I don't play any, I don't play any roles or anything else. I'm just always being me. Um, Michael Baker also says, uh, know your role and, and set your goal. Oh, that's a, that's a phrase right there. Know your role and set your goal. Um, he also talks about here, discipline and determination. Um, yes, hundred percent with that, um, discernment. And also we've got Robert, Robert knows that he is a uh, verbose. Um, he writes stuff like, uh, I know who chocolate Johnny is. And because of Ken Walls is because of Ken Walls. Thank you, Robert, for that. Appreciate that uh michael's talking about authenticity and vulnerability what are your thoughts on that that seems to be a buzzword like being authentic and everything else and that's what i pride myself on is just being 100 percent who i truly am is authenticity something that is overused these days and talk to us about how important that really is or definitely. is it not that important no 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 it's uh, it, it is definitely overused unfortunately a lot of words they do, they do tend to get a little bit overused and they're used as a uh um, a bit of a scapegoat sometimes um so you're right you have to you have to dig dig into that and i think vulnerability is a very important part of of, uh, of of what's one of the strings, I guess, in the guitar. <laughs> yeah, um, there you so go. To speak. Yeah, of authenticity, you know, vulnerability, I guess, is definitely one of those strings. Um, and it's, it's also important how you play that vulnerability string as well, um, because we're all vulnerable. There's no one in this world that's not vulnerable. I mean, it's just it's just how how you how you work with that. But it is a difficult word there, um, uh, Chris. Chris, you know, yeah. There's a lot of people out there who who become really fake faking on you know authenticity and you know really trying to and I, i've seen that happen before 
um, I remember when I was in Bali, uh, we had a speaker and the speaker came out and he said he, he it was really busy. Um, there were a lot of people and the speaker came out because he was teaching people how to do podcasting 101. That was this topic, right? And this guy walked out and um, he had come from another area of Bali. You know, we're, we're in one area of Bali where it's a little bit older. You know, most people, you know, most of the other area of Bali were really in the young kind of early 20s where we were kind of in our, most people in Ubud there were, were in their early 30s. And he came to do this presentation on podcasting 101. And the first thing he did was he walked down between everyone. He had this hoodie on and um, he would turn around. He just took his hoodie off. And he's quite a good looking guy, you know, and he, he knew he's good looking. So he just he obviously waits for the reaction. And everyone just stood there like this and went just, <laughs> just completely ignored him. He's obviously got so used to this. And he sat down and he he all he did was talk about himself. And he didn't give any value whatsoever about how to actually podcast. So we were wow. all there to listen to a, a, a podcast about podcasting 101 and learn something about how to do podcasting, which is what I wanted to learn. All he did was we talk about how good he was and how they created this amazing podcast with all these views. They didn't really give any tips. It was the most inauthentic load of nonsense. And the whole crowd just saw through his bullshit completely. Um, so you kind of see that lack of authenticity to shine shine through uh, and then on other situations you've you've literally watched somebody who who's like completely useless um on in terms of being your traditional you know podcast guest i'm sure you might have had you must have had them chris they sit there and they don't really know what to do and they, their things wrong and they they stutter and they don't they're not really very eloquent but they oh, yeah. just give you pearls of absolute wisdom yeah. those that's my favorite hey? you can learn the most amazing thing from the most unusual place Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, and that's, I mean, that, that's the, the thing that you have to sometimes sit through with people who aren't, you know, aren't specifically being articulate in that particular sense of the word. I call them uh, idiot geniuses. And like, sometimes they just you have to wait for that pearl of wisdom to, to come out of them. But earlier on, you mentioned Kung Fu. And, and I know a lot of people in martial arts uh, correlate Kung Fu or, or martial arts with an aspect of their life. Do you correlate Kung Fu in your life with business or any other aspect of your life in terms of the, the, the policies yeah. and I guess the ideologies that that it, that it enforces? Yeah, uh, shout out to Mario Beckers because um, in his podcast, he, he was one of your guests recently because uh, he interviewed me yeah. about this as well. I talk a lot about, I go into a lot of detail about Kung Fu and business. So within within uh, ancient Chinese Kung Fu, they talk about something called Fa Jin Power. Uh, I don't know if you've ever come across it, Chris, uh, Fajin, um, which is basically means explosive energy. So if you remember Kill Bill and then those, those kind of Bruce Lee and the one inch punch, uh, yeah. if you remember that, um, it's a kind of but Hollywoodized, but that's all very real. So it's basically, oh man, I don't, I, I, I talk a lot with, go into a lot of detail with Mario, but the, the essence of it, Chris, is that every cell in your body has to work together if you're attacked, because if you die, every cell dies. So every cell in your body has to work together. And the kind of concept of the one inch punch is the notion that um, if you if you use your, your your fist and your arm to punch someone, you will never get your power. Now, this goes interestingly into the vulnerability, which goes into feminine energy, which versus the uh, uh, difference between feminine energy and masculine energy. Um, now, what happens is um, feminine energy is, is, is more is magnetic. So it's based on it's based on softness. Right. It is based on softness, but you can't fool, get fooled by thinking soft is not powerful in right. order to achieve faging and explosive energy, which is that one inch punch, whereas your whole body's working together. So if I'm using my hand like this and I try to punch, I'm only ever going to. So if I'm typical masculine power and I'm tensing right in my whole arm, um, you can hit pretty hard. And I, I'm, I don't want any of those MMA guys to hit me. Thanks very much. <laughs> Yes, I had an MMA guy on my Friday night show, angle. and I was like, we were talking about that. I'm like, no thanks. No, they they hit they hit they can hit hard. I mean, don't get me wrong, you can hit hard. Um, the, the thing is with faging power, when you learn to use your entire body, 
Oh, and then your whole your whole body goes together. So when you heal, your whole you're, you're not you're not even using you're not even using your arm. It's just, it creates this inner vibration like water. So when you drop a pebble in water and it ripples out, that's what you're doing. You're creating yeah. those that, that that ripple those ripples of energy. Um, so you can get a massive amount of energy. In fact, you don't even need an inch. You just need you just need a small amount. So you, you're creating this huge amount of energy, Chris. That all comes from softness. It's all soft power. That's the irony. People yeah. don't realize the, the the grand masters. I mean, anyone can learn to break one or two boards with their with their hand, right? But to break six, eight boards, that requires inside energy. That comes from softness. You'll actually the way that masters teach it, you hold an egg, a soft boiled egg, obviously. Well, a non boiled egg. Sorry, I nearly said hard boiled. People think yeah, it's a hard boiled egg. No, no, no. You've got to have a, a completely uh, uh, raw egg, and then you break things because you've got to be so soft and so gentle. So, Chris, people don't understand this. Wow. In order to wow. get great power and truly become reach that Fajian stage where you can create this extraordinary energy, you have to come from from softness. You have to come from gentleness. You have to come from that. And uh, and yeah, man, that as you know, I can talk about this for days. I'm so passionate about it. So, absolutely, Chris, the same thing with your your relationships. You've got to treat your relationships with with vulnerability. You've got to treat treat them with softness, and you've got to treat them really, really carefully. Because if you want to generate that great energy and build up, it's like like water falling down a waterfall. One drop of water at the top of a waterfall has absolutely zero, very little potential energy, and just a split second before it hits the bottom, right? It's still mm -hmm. just as tranquil and just as soft. But when that water joins with other drops and builds up that momentum, it creates a massive splash. So for you to create a massive splash in business and meet those connections with those other droplets of water, you've got to be soft and gentle in your approach to everything. That's that feminine energy. And right at the end, only when you really need it, really when you really turn it on, that's when the masculine energy comes in. That's where you tense. So it's this, this, this beautiful balance, this, this guitar work, this music, if you like, of that kind of electrical, magnetic, masculine, feminine, feminine energy. That's what allows you to generate power that most people don't even know exists. Wow, that is powerful, Scott. That's super powerful. And I'm thinking in my brain, I'm a visual person. What are some tips that people can start implementing in their life to think about that in terms of what they do in their everyday existence? Like to think about, okay, rather than this masculine energy and being tough and trying to deliver this punch, you know, whether it's in a business presentation or landing a girl or something like that, what are some things that we can think about cognitively in our daily actions that can kind of help us see that dichotomy, if you will, between that strong masculine and feminine presence and power? but how it applies in our business and our other relationship situations. Yeah, so you think like a waterfall. Um, how, how does a waterfall work, right? A waterfall, as I mentioned, all the droplets coming together and building, you know, building the momentum and then making that splash. So if you want to make that splash, like you said, whether it's with a, with, you know, landing a girl, as you as you said, or, or, or building a relationship, a business or getting a sale or whatever, you, you, you can't you can't go too hard too early, you, the too masculine too early. You've got to be gentle in your in, in your approach. So when I was when I was training, so he was teaching me, it's extremely difficult. And by the way, a waterfall can go upwards. So it's not always downwards. I've been showing you the downward fall, but the same concept goes upwards. If you're trying to do a punch upwards, exactly the same process. Um, it's crazy, man. It's like it, it seems to break the laws of physics. But anyway, that, that's another story. But the yeah. waterfall. So as I was doing it, so he was teaching me and how to how to how to drop your arm and use your whole body and use every cell in your body to just relax and use your breathing to just to break. So as you time it showing, I said, like, how do you do this? What does it mean? And he said, the movement creates the power. 
And that's the thing with the waterfall, a movement, the movement creates a power. You've got to start the process and take incremental steps. And in business, if you've got an extremely detailed business plan that you spent months putting together and you haven't done anything with that business plan, then it's pointless. It's the most useless thing in the world. Like, honestly, yeah. what's the point? You're getting all this detail and you're not, you've got to do the movement. Rather, take always take incremental steps. If you've got a document that you've got to write and you just really, really don't want to do it, what you've got to start open open google docs or whatever just start put put the headline in you know and then go off and make yourself a cup of coffee or something or a cup of tea but to start you've got to take these little steps if you don't want to go to gym uh, put your shoes on put your gym shoes on just start with those little incremental things i can't tell you chris that is just that's honestly some of the best ancient wisdom <laughs> i've ever received <laughs> Well, if it's ancient wisdom, that's something that I subscribe to big time. I just get people to tell them, like, you know, just get that inertia, just get that motion and in, in flow. And what it's what it, what the ripples that it can create are pretty astronomical. Like I tell people all the time, like, you know, oh, I can't go to, the, I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm like, yeah, 15 minutes to go to the gym. Yes or no. Like, well, they can't argue with me when I tell them like 15 minutes. I'm like, you can do supersets in 15 minutes. You can go to the gym. You can do five minutes, like incredible on the bike or, or that. You can just you could really be intentional and so many times we're not intentional in our in our actions and the things that we do and we hope wish and pray that we're going to get you know 100 of the outcome with 50 percent of the work and so i love what you're talking about and is, is really being intentional and carrying it through when i think about when i think about fighting and i think about you know martial arts and things of that nature never formally trained but i heard from some of my friends like you're not punching the board you're punching through the board you have to see yeah. past where it is that yeah. you're going. And I, I apply the same principle in life is like, you got to see past where it is that you're going. You got to see past the sale and see what kind of legacy that you're leaving. You got to see what your big yeah. why is and what is it that you're doing. So it can fuel you during those, those challenging times. And one of the things that I love that you're talking about, Scott, that, that I had to apply big time in my life when I was in corporate was really taking a look at the relationships that I had both professionally and personally, but also breaking it down to like, okay, how can I become more effective in my communication style by really taking a better look at the demographics of the people I'm serving. And one of the biggest things that I started looking at was the generation with, with which they were born. I started really like peeling back the onion. I'm like, okay, these old guys, these old fuckers, they're getting it in a different way than the younger generation than I am. I'm a Gen Xer. So I was talking to the baby boomers and I would see that they would receive an information, they would receive information, they would receive a message in a certain way based on their conditioning of what they experienced as kids and throughout their lives, World War II and all the, you know, the Great Depression, a lot of other stuff. And I started seeing, okay, the younger generation seems to be seeing things from a different filter. Talk to us about that in our messaging and how we interact with people to have those effective relationships. Is it important for us to consider, you know, what generational, uh, I guess, segment of society that they belong to, or does that not matter anymore? See, that is a, it's actually a, a really good question. So, um, you know, I kind Thank of, you. I don't, I don't want to use one for show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it, 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 you know, it's, def it's definitely a good one to think about with the generational difference because um, there's a lot of people that are trained on the way they communicate and they've honed that skill through teach through learning and being taught about it. So a, a classic example of that is NLP, right? A lot of people yeah. are trained on NLP, what to say in a presentation and how to get people to react and, and how to manipulate people in a particular way. I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's just that I don't come from that classically trained background. I've just come from, a, from from just doing it over and over and over and over again. So what happens if, if I'm speaking to an, a more elderly person, I will naturally react differently. 
Um, if I'm speaking to different people, I will naturally react differently. I will adapt. Um, if it's an introvert, it'll be a little bit different. If it's talking to somebody that doesn't stop talking nonstop, then how do I react to that? It's really, yeah, it's, it's, so, so Chris, it absolutely does make a huge difference. Every person that you're speaking to is unique. And if you follow the same script for every single person that you meet, um, no matter what, because it doesn't matter who they are, then that's not really being authentic. You know, it, it, you're going to react to people differently and, 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 and the cultures, you know, and you, and you start to naturally mirror them. So mirrors, mirroring somebody is not a, not a just a technique. It's something, you, you know, you do naturally. Yeah. If someone says, you know, sometimes you speak to someone in America, for example, um, having, and they'll, they'll say, yes, sir, I believe that. You know, they say, yes, sir, absolutely. So, you know, it's some, I don't know where that, that's from in America, but you know what I'm saying? They'll use yes. the word, sir. I'll naturally call them, sir, back. Not call them, sir, but I'll say, yes, sir, totally. You know, little things like that. Chris, you have to adapt. Every single thing is different. That's why your your podcast is raw and unscripted. So everyone is completely different and unique. So yes, every single encounter you have is going to be completely unique. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because so many times we don't think about that. We think about this is the way I am and this is my message. And if they don't get it, it's their fault. But the thing that I found in my in my life was was basically doing what my mother didn't. My mother was not very successful in her corporate life and her her friendships and her relationships. So when my sister asked me way later on in life, she goes, "How come you didn't turn out like mom?" I answered her simply. I said, "Because I chose not to, and I chose to really invest myself in what it takes to have successful relationships." And I could sit here and tell you today, Scott, that the reason why I'm still sitting here in front of you today and I'm so successful is because I took that time and care and that consideration to think about my audience before I opened my mouth. And think about the intentionality of what it is that I really want from that particular relationship and how I can better yet serve that relationship rather than get what I need from it. How can I serve first and then receive later? Is that something important for us to be considering in our relationships now, especially in this world now where it seems like everybody's doing the same thing, has the same message and everything else? How important it is, is it for us to really consider how it is that we deliver our message and what our true intention is with that message? Yeah, well, the classic, the classic line for you there is um, whoever asks the most questions wins. You know, um, you know, you, you've got you've got to be the question asker uh, and not always the question answerer when you when you when you have a when you have a chat to someone. I mean, I is I can easily do 12 to 15 meetings in a day, Zoom meetings from around the world. Um, you know, so I'm constantly meeting people all the time. Every single is one is completely different. I'm always adapting. Sure, you have little trigger things and you use little, you know, there's a few things that are, that are going to be similar. Um, but but yeah, it's yeah, with, without a doubt. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that, that, that really resonated with me was when I read Stephen Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in there, one of the messages was seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. And that was yeah. the first time I'd ever been given that that type of a, of, of a different juxtaposition, I guess, because so oftentimes as kids, you know, especially I think about the conditioning process that we go through yeah. as kids from zero to five. That's when we really become the people that we're going to become. And a lot of what happens is we have to convince people. We have to convince adults to let us do things. We have to convince teachers to why we didn't yeah. do something. We're convincing. We're convincing. We're constantly getting people to understand us. When I saw this yeah. in, in, in Stephen's book and went, seek first to understand, then to be understood. I'm like, hmm. And I immediately started. I'm one, I'm one of those people that takes action on things that I learn. So I said, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm not going to worry about what I'm doing. I'm going to worry about what other people are doing and take a genuine interest in them. And Scott, I have to tell you, my the perception of me changed dramatically in those two weeks in my corporate environment. People were like, what's going on with Chris? You know, he's not trying to, he's not fighting and he's not, he's actually he's talking and he's listening. One of those, that's, I mean, that's probably one of the most powerful relationship tools that I ever learned was seeking yeah. first to understand yeah. and then to be understood. Talk yeah. to us about that in your journey. Do you, do you find that's, that's easy, equally, uh, um, 
applicable in your success? Always. So whenever I do a meeting, you, 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 this, the people freak out because like your classic sales training is you, you, you need a, a certain amount of time. So if you've got a, let's say you've got a 30 minute call with someone, right? Uh, you, you, if you do a presentation and you've got a certain presentation, that presentation is going to be 20 minutes long that you need to go through. Then you have 10 minutes of kind of small talk and then 20 minutes of presentation. And you need to get that 20 minutes of presentation in. Chris, I'll tell you now that 90% of the meetings I have are 97% just talking, getting to know each other, like just, Love just it. getting, just getting to get to know each other. Uh, the number of times I f we finish the meeting and go, listen, I'm really sorry. I got to go now. And the guy will say, I, I don't even know exactly what you do or what you offer um is happens all the time and and that goes against completely the grain of normal of normal sales right the thing is yeah, within yeah. within 30 seconds i can just say listen okay very quickly i do this this and this and this that they are so intently listening to you in that last 30 seconds when you speak about what you do that you'll get more out of any pitch in your in in, in, in 20 minutes will ever give you they are intently listening to everything you say in those 30 seconds and that will almost certainly lead you to another meeting that's more likely going to get you that deal next time. So just sit there, get to know people. And then sometimes it can take two meetings, three meetings, four meetings. You're just getting to know each other. It can take months and months and months. You don't even talk about it. You don't even talk about sales. You don't even talk about your product or service that much. You just you just really understand them and get to know their business. Because if you think about it, Chris, that's how doctors work, right? If When, when was the last time you went to a doctor and said, hey, Chris, good to see you again. Listen, before you tell me what's wrong with you, you know, I've got great two for one offer on this new cough medicine uh, and antihistamines over here. I've got buy two, right. get one, get one free. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. You've right. come in because right. you, your back is, you've got a problem with your back. Um, and here's the doctors like trying to, trying to sell you. It's ridiculous. All the doctor goes and does the same. Tell me your problem. Writes notes. Diagnose. Mm -hmm. I think that is the key word. I think that's the you know the vulnerability we talked about, and I think we just developed the next string today, which is uh, diagnose. If yeah. you can be an amazing yeah. diagnoser, then you are the best. Every, the best doctors in the world are the best diagnosers. Yeah, yeah, and, you can diagnose and really get to the heart of the problem. That's where you are known because if you no one else does that, no one else really really gets to the heart of your problem. And if you can do that through asking questions, asking questions, you do not have to be introverted. You don't have to be the world's greatest connector. But if you just ask the right questions and you probe in the right way, you know, you can't get too personal too quickly. But if you're good at it, you'll, you, you know, you, 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 you'll, you'll get to that. And if you can diagnose and find their problem for them, they will, like a doctor, a doctor just writes a prescription. You will buy that prescription with 99%. doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter where you get it from. You will go with their advice. That's what you want to become. You want to become a great diagnoser. Okay. Okay. So I got to go here for a second. I love what you're talking about, Scott. I'm the same way. I am a person who builds relationships. I build connections. I am not about selling. I, you know, Sally will tell you that I'm the most horrible seller in the planet. And that's because it's not my, it's not my gift of what it is that I want to do. But in today's world, dude, I'm like, and I know, I'm sure you get this pitch after pitch after pitch, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everybody helps coaches. People drop into your DMs and they're, they're they're sharing with you 13 paragraphs of how they can save you all this money and get you all these leads. What do you personally do when you see those, those, those situations? Knowing the type of person that you are, do you mess with them at all? I mean, some of these people are doing this expecting that they're going to become successful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've actually got a, we've got a, a little two-line reply that I sent to my team that any time they get a message like this, they send it out. And it's basically saying, uh, listen, like any good savvy business over owner, we don't respond to cold outreach messages anymore. Um, rather join your, join a, a network uh, um, and 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 start making authentic relationships properly. 
So we, we, we don't we don't respond to cold outreach. We only we only work on introductions. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a, you know, just and it just hits them. So rather than just ignoring and deleting, just respond with that. Uh, and you, you do get a couple of interesting responses. I've actually even got a couple of clients that way over mm -hmm. the years. Not many. Well, not that I might have got more without knowing it. But um, the point is, you, yeah, it's interesting. It's it, you know, your, your gut instinct is, is to hit the delete key. Um, right. Because I want I want another little piece there, Chris, that I want to mention is that here's a little secret. Emotion gets the result, the, the breaks through the clutter, not rational. I can tell you, you mm -hmm. can be emotional and you people will listen and, and click and, and, and respond. But the moment you try to be too rational, like I will double your money in six months, then they will not yeah. respond at all. Yeah. So rational doesn't like, work. Yeah. It's right brain. Yeah, your, your approach yeah. needs to be right, right? Well, typical emotional. If, you, if you're if you emotional, that's what people respond to and that's what people gravitate to. But a lot of those offers that you're talking about that hit our spam box, it's rational. I can help you with this. A doctor said this, uh, you know, I'll get honest, honestly, relentless, relentless spam. It's all rational. They're trying to prove to me with a statistic or something or whatever logical reason why I should buy or, or respond to them. Logic does not work in an outreach. It's emotion. People just completely lose that. They forget that. That's a huge tip, guys. If for anyone who's doing any, the introduction to a relationship must be emotional, not rational. I didn't open oh. this, this by going, oh, hey, hey, Chris, how are you doing? Oh, thanks, Chris. Really good to be here on your show today. Uh, did you know I'm a three-time bestseller in New York Times or, or you know, I, yeah, actually, it's really great. You know, I'm really looking forward to helping people double their sales over the course of this, this presentation. It doesn't work. Immediately, people look at you and go, ah, oh, I don't actually know the psychology, Chris, of yeah. why people don't respond to that. But it's so off-putting when somebody says these 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 glamorous, I can get you these results. I know what it is, just seeing as it's raw and unscripted here. It's because there's no way that you can say that you can double or triple your sales or whatever that, 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 that statistic is without yeah. first getting to know me. You can't exactly. make a guarantee and miss it until you know me your bullshit indicator goes off. You're like, okay, wait a minute. What are you trying to sell me? And then you, then you sit there and go, okay, where does this validate? Where does this proof come from? So I love that you're doing that. And uh, Samuel's in the house. Thank you, Samuel, for being here. He says, diagnosed coupled with brutal, honest questions. Yes. hundred percent. Love that. Samuel. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being here, Samuel. So, so you are known as the connector. I love you for the fact that you're a connector. Uh, we're going to talk about my, my trusted network here in a second. But one of the things that we're talking about here is that first initial contact with somebody. And what you teach is you teach people how to have a captivating one liner. Talk to us about the importance of that and what got you started in really honing and focusing on that captivating one liner as being one of the best business, business principles for success. It's, it's the foundation of everything we do, uh, the, cap, the captivating uh, one liner. Um, Okay. Wow. Okay. So I mentioned that, that trip to Miami where that one line got me that trip to Miami, that, that speaking gig, um, which is referral is the highest form of flattery. And they love that so much. They wanted me to come. I even did a, did an opening address. Uh, it was brilliant. I mean, it was amazing. Just that they love that one line so much that they invited me. It says, I, I can't stress how, how one line can, you know, the right line can, can change your life. Um, oh, and then I started, I started developing it before I had a book out or any start, I started chatting about it in, in too much detail. Um, you know, I started doing it naturally in meetings and, and with clients because I would be diagnosing. So when I'm I'm listening, I'm, I want clients to speak more because I can hear that pearl of wisdom that comes out from their mouth. And I was with a client it was 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And they, they made steel balustrades. 
and steel balustrades or those like beautiful kind of staircases that go that kind of go around staircases and they made these beautiful staircases in for wealthy uh, companies corporations and 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 people as well so they would they would and they would send out their brochure they would send out their brochure look at our beautiful balustrades look at them and they weren't getting any response so we sat down and we said what is the pain that that person is going through who's going to be reading this what's the emotional pain right and you, to do that, you've got to understand your target audience, who your target is. If you, you can have all the greatest one-inch punch in the world, but if you don't know who you're hitting, it's not going to be very valuable, is it? So we sat with them, and we looked at their pain, and we came up with one line. And the one line was based on the pain of the architects who they were looking to get in front of. And they want, the pain of the architects was all about safety because there had been children that could climb under balustrades that hadn't been made properly and they were falling downstairs and elderly people were slipping and whatever, whatever, right? Wow. So there was a safety issue going on. So we created a captivating one-liner called saving lives one balustrade at a time. So now we would go out to the world with saving lives one balustrade at a time. Let's bring the industry together around this common cause. And wow. that completely changed. They're still a client today over a decade later. That's how the captivating one-liner um, began. And after that, I thought, I need to do this. I need to formalize it. Hence, the book started coming out, um, and I started using many, many examples. And that's what, that's what it came down to, Chris, because at the end of the day, people don't like to hear this. But when you meet somebody on LinkedIn for the first time or you just connected for the first time, they don't care about your product or service. The first thing you've got to establish is can they trust you? Why mm -hmm. can they trust you? So you've got to build credibility. And if you show them that you understand their pain, diagnose. If you show that you can diagnose and you understand their pain better than they do, they will. If you've got back pain, Chris, and there are 10 different doctors lined up, and the one doctor asks you enough questions to really understand the real cause of that pain, and you can feel that that person's diagnosed it correctly, 100% you're going to go with that person. Yes. And that's what you want to do. You want to be seen as a diagnoser. And the captivating one-liner doesn't talk about your product or service. It talks about their pain. Boom, says believe in yourself. <laughs> yes, that's Robert, 100%. So what's the difference? Is, is there any difference between what you're talking about as a captivating one-liner and what's called a tagline or, or clickbait? Because when I, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, for me, like my buddy Scott, when we do our Friday night show, he's like, you need to come up with more creative titles. Your titles, you know, kind of say what we're doing. He goes, you, you need to click them. You need to bait them into something. So talk to us about what the difference is between a captivating one-liner, a tagline, and a clickbait is. Fantastic. All right, good. So your, your typical tagline uh, or payoff line or strap line, as you call it, depending where you are in the world, um, would be uh, like Nike, just do it, or, you know, KFC, finger licking good, all those kind of things. You know, that's that kind of one line that, that associates to, to that brand. This is not what that is about because you can have many captivating one liners. So the first difference is you can have many captivating one liners for your audience. And the first trick I'm going to give you guys is if you tell the audience it's for them, you will triple your responses right off the bat what do i mean by that if you say architects saving like you know we're, we're saving lives one balustrade at a time if you tell architects that you understand it's for them they will they're more likely to respond so that's the, a lot of people are way too generic in the in the in the, in the, in the way they come up with a captivating one liner so you can have many different one lines for different industries you can target it managers with a line and you can target people in the construction industry um, with another one so so an example of a great captivating one liner that worked brilliantly for us um, was paint companies reading your online content is dull lifeless and colorless it's like <laughs> watching paint dry. 
You see what I mean? So in yeah. other words, you've actually created a captivating one-liner that resonates with the audience using clever wording, but it's because they paint companies, it's it's specifically for paint companies. If people feel this one-liner is just for me, man, you get that you get you get such incredible responses. So yeah, absolutely. So you 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 can have many of them. So a tagline can be used everywhere, but a captivating one-liner can be used in very specific circumstances. It's like um a tagline is the mallet, right? But the scalpel is the captivating one-liner, and Ooh, and um, I love that. Yeah, so, and and they can be very like in jokes, right? Where, where only a certain industry will understand. Like for example, we did one called the SEO Lord's Prayer. It was targeting at SEO consultants. The SEO Lord's Prayer, dear God, please don't ask me to do SEO on Shopify. Now, <laughs> if you if you if you are a uh, if you know about SEO, you'll know it sucks to do it on Shopify. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to create that that emotional response. Um, for one of the la uh, ladies, I think you had in your podcast, Karen Gray. Um, you know, she did she did one called um, "Every Female CEO Has Two Stories: The One She Shows the World and the One She Sells Out To." Mm. I say that again. Every Ooh. female CEO has two stories: the one she shows the world and the one she sells out to. How they powerful is that? With that. That's a, exactly that's a captivating one liner. Now, the interesting thing is that um, you've got to put every female CEO, you can't just say every woman or be too generic. The more specific you are, the more your results are going to be because they feel like you're talking about them. And Chris, when I do one liner workshops, right, I do captivating one liner workshops for an hour and a half to come up with one line. That's it, just one line, right? When I do that, in literally in 80%. Of every of every single workshop, the client or the I don't even like calling them client. That the person I'm trying to help, they come up with that line. They don't even realize it. Yeah, you just yeah. got to get them into flow. You just got to get them talking about what they're passionate about, and they'll start coming up with these one-liners for you. And you just write them down and you listen and you repeat back to them and say, "Do you did you hear what you just said just now?" And they're like, "What? What did I say?" Uh, and, and, and you would say something like, man, what a, what a brilliant line. Um, spies are sneaking around your company. So here's another here is another example. Procurement alarm. Spies are sneaking around your company. They're leaking information and your suppliers are robbing you blind. So it doesn't have to be like like for, for a coaching perspective. It can be, you know, it can be for anything. It can be for any type of products or service. So it's these kind of things. Um, another one was for data center managers. Right now, now again, a very, very inside joke that only the industry would understand because that's what you right. want. You want to, you want to build industry. So, so um, data centers, right? They burn very, very hot, right? As you know, you probably know that these these huge things that there's, the temperature is really high and they use a lot of energy. And there's oh, yeah. a lot of issues around the world at the moment about how much energy. Now, the in, energy indicator that a, a data center uses is called a PUE. No idea what that stands for. So apologies. <laughs> But we sat down and we came up with a captivating one-liner called data centers, data center managers. Your PUE is terrible. Greta Thunberg is investigating you. <laughs> now, joke. You see the joke? Playful. Okay. Yeah. Just, do, do you see what's going on? You see how you see how you see how it, it takes a it takes it takes a problem and turns it into a powerful line that they have to click on. And I'm gonna do one more and then I'll promise you I'll shut up. You no think worries. your fleet of you think your fleet of trucks is running smoothly until it becomes manslaughter and you and your directors go to jail. 
So, so these guys sell fleet management software and, and, and will take over management of your fleet of trucks. But they don't go, I'm the greatest fleet management company in the whole wide world. Look how good I am. No, they go out and say, your fleet of trucks is running smoothly until it becomes manslaughter and you and your directors go to jail because your fleet of trucks is a legal and compliance disaster waiting to happen. It's very provocative. Sometimes it's fear-based, sometimes it's not, but I think I've given you a great a bunch of examples there, Chris. What a difference, man. It'll 10x your, your results. Well, that's why I wanted to wait for this particular conversation to start taking it seriously. And for everybody who is watching and listening to this, I put the link inside the comments where you can download uh, Scott's book and you can just go there. You can click on the link. You can get it. It's called The Captivating One-Liner. Um, I have checked it out personally. I've not studied it because I wanted to have this conversation with you and, and kind of take that more seriously with myself. Because at first when I was seeing it, I'm like, okay, this reminds me of clickbait. But now I see what you're saying. You're being more targeted and intentional with the message to develop that no like, and trust situation, that relationship with them above what their competition might be doing. Is that correct? Is that a correct, yeah, I guess, summarization? You're right. And thank you for bringing that back because I actually forgot to mention a key aspect. You have to back up what you say. Yeah. All right. Clickbait doesn't back up what it's got to say. Clickbait clicks and then the person is so annoyed because they clicked and they and they, uh, they got me. And then they get delivered some not such a nice message on the back end. What they click on after they click on that one line, it has to be really good. It has to look good or it has to be a great video or something that really. So they click on it and they go, wow, this individual is built credibility in my mind. They know what they're talking about. They get my pain. If you can show somebody in their life that you really, really understand their pain, then you've got a chance of really becoming a, uh, uh, they can become a client for life. They will mm. love you forever because you understand their pain. That's what they want. They just, that people just want to be, you said it with Stephen Covey, seek to be uh, seek to understand, then be understood. So if, if, you, if you feel that somebody really is digging deep into your life to try and diagnose what your problem is and then look for a solution, that's the power. If you just spit out solutions, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to come for a retreat, oh, you've got to come to my course, you've got to come to our webinar, come to my roundtable, come to my masterclass. But you don't know who I am. You don't know what my mm. problem is. Why should I come to your masterclass? Why do you keep inviting me to these things when you haven't even taken the time to understand my specific problem? You see yes. the difference, Chris? That's the oh, difference yeah. between oh, yeah. the one-liner and the difference between a, a, a clickbait. Yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm successful as a coach is because I really, when I think about how I, how I write things and when I think about how I deliver the material, it's really truly from that authentic place of knowing what that person's experiencing. Like I've, I've had a lot of recent success with identifying people as comfortably miserable. Just those two words, comfortably miserable. Like you're yeah. comfortably miserable right now. You make a good yeah. paycheck. You make a good, you have good this. Everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good. And when I ask them a question, I'm all about asking questions. When did it become acceptable to become mediocre? Yeah. Then they're like, then that juxtaposition is like, wait a minute, I'm not mediocre, but well, I'm comfortably miserable right now. So what it is that you're going to do to get off your ass, get out of your comfort zone in order to kind of take yourself up to that next level. So I inspire people with telling people that the same thing. I was comfortably miserable. I had a six figure job. I had another Friday off. I had a beautiful corner office. I'd been in my job for so many years. I was comfortably miserable, wondering when I was going to make that jump. And so now I identify that with other people that are in the situation. They're in their zone of excellence, which is a great book by uh, Gay Hendricks talking about, you know, yes. you think you're in your zone of excellence, but actually you need to be in your zone of genius. So what I help people do as part of my coaching is be able to break them out of being uncomfortably miserable to becoming kick-ass unstoppable. And because I have set the example and I can, and I can speak to the pain points, it's pretty quick and evident how quickly people sign on because they see that I have that demonstrated experience of knowing where they're at, knowing what they're going through and better yet, knowing how to get them out of that. Talk to us about that. We're like really understanding ourselves more than we understand our customers. 
Right. So on that note, though, Chris, you've started cutting up with a captivating one-liner there, right? Um, you're comfortably miser miserable and you're too scared to make the jump. All right. That's yeah. the that is the basis of a great captivating one-liner. Your words, not mine. Yeah. All right. How powerful is that? Now, how to make a captive that captivating one-liner super even better is you talk about you add your target market to it. So you could add, for example, um, uh, professional uh, women women CEOs. Or you could say IT managers, or you could come up with somebody. Uh, do you, can you think of an interesting? Let's we're on the spot here. Think who, yeah. who, a target market for you. A really. I would. Have, I would you said it perfectly. You know, successful businesswoman. Ninety percent okay. of my clients are all women. F female CEOs. You're comfortably miserable, and you're too scared to make the jump. That's starting to get to a one liner now. You see what I'm yep. saying? Yes. But you've got to be a bit more specific. A jump to where. But that you see how it starts to come together. Uh, female CEOs, you're comfortably miserable, and you're too scared to make the jump to, um, and not to your authentic self or anything too wishy-washy. I'm to, to right. quite specific yeah. to that to the to, to the next career that will change your life. It's too wishy-washy. But you see what I'm doing here. Yes. If you add that little piece, already see how you've come up with this brilliant, captivating one-liner. Oh yeah, I've been playing just with by, it. Just by being in flow. Yeah, you just got to play with it a bit. But that that was it. So sorry, Chris. I just wanted to let you know that you've actually come up with a captivating one-liner right there and then without even realizing it. Um, oh yeah, no, I realized it. I, I wanted to spring that on you and kind of walk through that. We've already been going for an hour, so I always try to respect uh, people's time and try to keep yeah. it to an hour. But I know with you, I could actually talk and talk about this all <laughs> over the place. Um, we got uh, Natalie in the house. She says, "Unstoppable." Thank you, Natalie, for being here. It's somebody else I I, I help and I guide and I mentor. Um, so, Scott, I mean, obviously, I could talk to you all day about this. You have a microphone to the world right now. We've gone through the pandemic. You know, all of us have been impacted one way or another all across the globe. It's something that we all got to experience together. And I'm seeing a lot of people coming out of the pandemic, um, fearful, um, uh, judgmental, all sorts of these different things, like negative situations I have for them. What, what would you say to somebody in a period of one or two minutes to try to get people to reset where it is that they come out of the pandemic thinking and really get get them get them focused on what it is that we're talking about here tonight and the fact that when you become intentional when you think about in terms of what your customers pain points are how could you encapsulate that in one to two minutes of people who are experiencing the covid like unpredictability of what is next sure first thing you are in the business of building relationships that's what your business is that's it's once you understand that then everything else will start falling into place you're, you're not in the business to sell your product or service you're in the business of building relationships that is absolutely key now how you go from there to actually getting in clients of course there's strategies and blah 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 but you've got to understand that fundamental fact so i want you to know that you you, you need to have your and i'll use the analogy of a guitar uh you need to have your six strings around you which are let's let's say six really really good quality people if you have six really great quality people around you that's good that that's where you're going to make your music you've got to find those really key awesome people around you they are what's going to make your business thrive and if you do that it'll help you reduce your fear it'll help you reduce your anxiety and you'll become just feel so much better about the world because there's so much beauty out there there's so much incredibly amazing stuff that's going on. Chris, you talk about it so much. You're always positive. You know, you always that that's your that's your ethos. That's what's so great about you. You're you're always out there and you're inspiring because you've been through it, but you see the world from an angle. They just recently did a a study in CERN in the the hydron quantum physics, and they said that they did an experiment and that they changed the angle of the experiment. They changed the actual experiment itself, the actual thing. In other words, the way you see the world changes the world for you. That's like profound. So you have to change the angle of your world. Get your six strings around you. Get those really good people. 
know you're in the business of building relationships and then just be like water just build let those let those let the momentum grow be like water and then you're going to make a huge splash at the bottom scott kundal thank you brother for being here i knew the conversation was going to be fire i could talk to you for another couple of hours and i love how you tied that all together i love how the fact that you incorporate of something in my environment with me to make it personal to me. You pick the strings, so I love that as well. And yes, it, it really is about you know serving our customer and being the best that we possibly can be in those moments. And and it's been solid for me. I mean, I can I can't express enough in my corporate life, in my personal life, my personal friendships, my mentors, and my relationships. Being that person that was keen to understand somebody else. Obviously, I've been doing podcasting and, and live radio shows for now since 2013. I started. I had the Kickass Radio Show for three years, which I did that live. And then I took a hiatus. And then I came back with the Ron and Scripted Show. So I've been doing this for a while. And so my ability to seek and get information out of people that normally they wouldn't share is pretty significant. So it makes me a, an excellent coach. So thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, Catherine says here, she goes, this was so awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, Catherine. Go, don't forget. You got to take, you got to take what it is that you're doing. You got to write it down. And you got to take action on that. Where can people get a hold of you, Scott, and keep the conversation going? Because I know we didn't even get to, I want to, I want to actually, before we go, since we're already over time, if you don't mind, if I take a little bit more time. Talk to us about um, my most trusted. Let's talk about that for just a second, because you know I think that's I think we would be doing a disservice to people who are watching this right now, talking about the fact that we're networking, we're building businesses, we're being very careful with our messaging and everything else. Talk to us about that X, that next added component that you have created now with uh, my most trusted, and what people can do to get more information about that as well. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Chris. So my most trusted is actually a business uh, software-driven international business network. At uh, thanks here, mymosttrusted.net. Um, it's only two T's though. I think you got three T's there. Oh, I didn't notice. Do so, I have T? Um, I'm only a, two I'm a T's, T person. <laughs> yeah, um, I copied it. Oh, funny. There we go. It's it's just it's just so just imagine a network where there's no where we there's no bots, there's no spam, there's no hard selling. Um, and we actually work with other business networks as well. So we take business networking groups around the world and we work with them to support them and then connect them all together into a giant network. But we, we get rid of all the spam, fake profile, automated bot nonsense. And we've just created a, a, a community where you're one handshake away from somebody. So all everybody is a real human being. And to meet somebody, all you need to do is meet the person that knows them and they will introduce you. So that's our goal to create this authentic network. Um, we've got 15,000 people around the world. It's growing really quickly. We've got so many networks that are, that are joining us. Um, and yeah, Chris, I appreciate that. See, it's free. Uh, just go on mymosttrusted.net. There we go. Um, and just install it. It's a little Chrome plugin, that little software that sits on Chrome. It sits on top of LinkedIn. And you can just immediately start meeting some amazing people uh, and start connecting with some, some real humans that can open a lot of doors for you and uh and get that one meeting that can that can change your life scott i appreciate you so much for sharing yeah. that and uh people can get a hold of you where where's the best spot for them to get a hold of you at uh yeah mymosttrusted.net and scottcundall.com c-u-n-d-i-l-l so scottcundall.com um but yeah mymosttrusted.net that's that's uh that's the best place there it is thank you awesome scott i'm gonna place you backstage for a moment man brother i appreciate you so much for coming to me you live too. 5 a.m so over there from from Africa. I appreciate you. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to place you backstage so I can still talk to you for just a moment. I'm just going to end out the show. Okay. Sure. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We went a little bit over time. Sorry about that. I try to keep you guys to an hour or less. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, Catholic comes in here and says, coach, I have two and a half pages of notes taking action. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Catherine. 
That's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. When you sit there and you show up to these things and you take serious interest in what it is that you can gain from the conversation, no matter if it's a conversation you're witnessing in person, whether you're watching a podcast, whether you're watching a video, whether you're watching a movie, you know, I'm constantly thinking, what's one message I could take from this and I could stick it on my my computer monitor and over the next couple of weeks really put that into play and I'll, I'll even give an example one of the things you guys talk about you hear me talk about intention so i put this down for myself am i being intentional like when you think about it what it is that you're doing am i being intentional in the words that i'm writing am i being intentional with the post i'm creating am i being intentional with the conversation am i having am i being intentional with the moments that i'm experiencing and so I put that in front of me and I sit there and I think about that as I'm going throughout my day. Am I being intentional with this interview? Am I being intentional with what I'm going to do next? So put those things in front of you guys. And that's how you're going to build up your arsenal of tools. That's how you're going to become stronger. That's how you're going to become more confident. That's how you're going to achieve more results. That's how you're going to experience more moments of life that will be uh, most likely in the realm of getting you to be stronger and getting you to where it is that you want to be. So many times we're focused on the things that we don't have, but we get more of that. Right. You guys have heard me talk about the reticular activation system. If I tell you to look around your room right now and tell me everything that's blue, you're going to go blue, 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 blue. And if I say, okay, tell me what was red, you're going to be saying, what the fuck, Chris? You tell me to look for what's blue. The same thing happens in your life. When you sit there and you look at the intentionality of what it is that you're what we're going to experience, what you want to experience, you sit there and you see, like we were talking about before with martial arts, you don't just hit the object, you're hitting through the object. You're think, you're seeing through the conversation. You're seeing what's going to be happening next, and you put those things into play, and then ultimately they start to manifest because you're focused on those. So again, if you're focused on you know, who's going to do me wrong and what relationship am I going to screw up next and what mistake am I going to make next, guess what? You're going to do it. You're going to find it. You're going to substantiate it. You're going to validate it, and guess what? You're going to be miserable. And you're going to constantly hope, wish, and pray that someday, and there's no someday on a calendar, ladies and gentlemen, someday something's going to come along and it's going to change what it is that you're, that you're doing. And I love what Scott said, you know, towards the end here, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer said something that was profound in my life. Many quotes by Dr. Wayne Dyer, but he said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Again, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start to change. When you shift your perspective just a little bit, like not what, what is it about me? What is it about that person? What, what, what new details can I find out about this potential customer that perhaps I have been missing the mark on? And how can I parlay that into their pain point? And how can I parlay that into the what solution I potentially could provide for that person, whether it's just an introduction, right? So think about things in terms of solutions. Things about things, think about things in terms of long-term, uh, 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 long-term um, compound interest, right? You know, you just take one action today. Catherine sit there and says, you know, I'm going to take this one action today. And then tomorrow you feel a little bit better. So you take another action. You feel a bit better. You take another action. You know, compound interest over time, ladies and gentlemen, can really amount to a lot of success in your life. You just got to take that first step. You can't sit there and think about it. You can't worry about it being perfect. You take that imperfect action in your life. Every single day I tell people to fail their ways to success. And they look at me like I have three eyes. And I'm like, Chris, I thought we weren't supposed to fail. I'm like, well, have you learned from your failures? Have you learned from your mistakes before in your life? And most people say, yes, I did. And I said, well, go make more of them. Because those failures and those mistakes are negative connotations that our parents and our teachers and everybody else when we were little kids gave us the belief that, that a mistake was bad or a failure was bad. But realistically, it's a stepping stone to getting to where you are. And I can tell you guys, I've made a lot of quote unquote mistakes and I've had lots of failures. But guess what? I've had a shitload of success in my life. I live a pretty amazing life right now. I'm not too worried about world domination anymore at this point. I'm worried about what I can do to make this world a better place for my kid and my kid's kids. And so I wake up every single day and before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. Number one, gratitude, guys, you know me. 
And number two, I set the intention for what it is that I'm going to do and who I am going to be in that day. I'm going to be somebody who takes action today. I'm going to be somebody who takes a risk today. I'm going to be somebody who gets out of my comfort zone today. I'm going to be somebody who serves the, the greater majority of the population of the world to make it better. My intention, right? And so oftentimes we wake up, what do we do? What do we do? We pick up our, we pick up this little thing and we start looking at the news and we look at our calendar and we start predispositioning ourselves that shit's going to happen. And it's going to be negative. And it's going to suck. And then you go out through and you live that day and you validate it and you come home and you wonder why you're miserable. The reason why you're miserable is because you're focusing on the wrong things. And when you think about what it is that Scott said tonight, the intentionality of being clear in your message and really thinking about what is my purpose? What is my role and what I want to accomplish in this world? Sure, I want to make sales and I want to buy shit. But ultimately, when you find a deeper and bigger meaning to what that is, you know, when you tie that to your legacy and you tie that to what you want to be remembered for, that becomes way more powerful than, than, than making more money and buying more shit. Because at the end of the day, I've interviewed rock stars, I've interviewed famous actors, I've interviewed millionaires, I've interviewed billionaires, both personally and on camera. And I can tell you this, the money and the fame and all that other shit is great for about six months. And then you start to wonder because you miss the deeper meaning of what it is that we're here to do. And you miss the deeper meaning of the experiences that we're supposed to have and the impact that we get to have, that we're blessed to have each and every day that we're alive. And now we have technology where we can actually do our own podcast. We can do videos, we can do social media posts. You guys out there, I'm arming you. Take your beautiful talents and your gifts and go share those with the world and stop worrying about all the other crap because at the end of the day, you're not going to take any of it with you, but you will take with you the legacy and the, and the impact that you had in this world while you were here. So focus on that when you wake up tomorrow morning, be a better version of yourself every single day and whatever I can do, please let me know because I'm here to win it with you guys. Um, Catherine says here, Christopher, you are one of my six. When you think about your six, you know, who's got your six. Uh, thank you, Catherine. I appreciate that. Uh, 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 Natalie says here, she goes, I found Chris at my lowest point. Thank you, Natalie, for being here. I appreciate you. Robert's ending out the conversation says this, uh, this AM, uh, I'm on a mission tonight is certain hundred percent, Robert, thank you for being here. So what I want you guys to do is over the course of the next week, implement at least one thing that Scott and myself have talked about tonight. And then when you come to the show next week, put in the comments, what it is that you did, or send me a private message and let me know what you're doing. So I can support you. Okay. And if you ever want to see a particular subject or a particular guest here on the show, as always, you guys can send me an email, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com. And of course, as always, you can go to noexcusescoach.com if you're new to the show to check out my YouTube and my other shows and everything else about me. But here's the thing I want you guys to do. Just go out there and live life. Wake up and experience. Be in the moments. Be intentional. Think about the legacy that you're going to live. Go out there and connect people to solutions and be a, a, an opportunity for hope for people who are challenged right now because the world needs you. The world needs us right now. So many people are going through quiet desperation and they're feeling like nobody's there for them. Go be there for somebody because I firmly believe this. At the end of the day, if we, every, each and every one of us, every single day does something nice for a complete stranger and that shit gets out and we can change the world, it's pretty incredible what we can do for our kids. So I love you guys. I appreciate whatever I could do to serve you. Let me know. I'm always here for you guys. We'll be back here next Tuesday on the Ron and Scripted Show. And next week, because you guys have been asking me, who's up next week, Chris? Who's up next week? Next week, we have uh, Karen Bullock. So uh, yeah, Karen's going to be a great addition to the show. I've recently been in, uh, introduced to her, and we're going to be talking about Daring to Transcend. Uh, she's a leadership coach and a founder of Daring to, to Transcend. And she partners with women leaders to push beyond the limits of their leadership career and life so that they can make a bigger impact in their world and beyond. So we're going to be talking about mindset, success, and what we could do to get out of our own way next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
And as always, please, if you have not done it, go to iTunes, go to Spotify and subscribe to the podcast. All you have to do is just type in we're on unscripted. You'll see it pop up, hit that subscribe button. And if you dig the show, leave us a review because now I'm all about that. I realized I wasn't asking people for reviews. So please, if you like this show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Let me know about it so I can personally thank you. All right. So go out there and be brilliant. I love you guys. This is the end of the Ron Unscripted show for this particular week. We'll be back here next week and uh, go out there and uh, stretch yourself. Okay. Love you guys. Peace. Ron Unscripted.